Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Accountable Podcast. I'm your host, Leva Vahere. Well, here we are, another week, another episode, and you guys, um, this is just kind of crazy. I am recording in my office, and I have a little friend who is joining me. She's currently passed out after chewing on a beef-hide dog treat and playing with one of her new little stuffies. Um, I have a little friend named Nova, who is a 14-week-old puppy, I believe she's just like a black lab, that I found while going to work yesterday. So that's been fun and unexpected. Um, but you know, we're just going to roll with it. I currently have her up on Facebook trying to find her a good home, but in the meantime, I've been enjoying having her around. Um, I just keep on thinking like, what the fuck, what the fuck is this? Um, because it's kind of funny, like So before like each morning um, or before I go out into the day, you know, I have my little morning routine, which I'm sure a lot of you guys do or, you know, everybody has like a little routine that they do in the morning, right? So for me, my morning routine always includes um, like prayers and meditation and then a little bit of journaling, like nothing crazy, you know, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Um, I set aside to, to do this. Sometimes I, I take a little bit longer, but you know, when it's like a busy day and I'm working and it's, you know, constant, um, I always try to carve out that amount of time. It just really kind of like sets the intentions for the day and the writing part really helps me get out just thoughts and things out of my brain, um, so that I can think pretty clear for the rest of the day. So, um, I was doing my meditation and prayers, and if you listen to Illuminations, uh, you would have heard Leanna's uh, clearing prayer about just, um, you know, basically asking Jesus, please direct my day. And just like starting each day with that sense of inner peace, which I love because like, oh my gosh, like having those days where... I just feel like peace and like, and just focus, um, no matter what's happening, just always just feels like a win. Like it just feels like a win. And I know that's possible to have every single day. It just takes practice and it takes mindfulness and it takes action, you know, not just saying, saying what we want, but actually taking action and, putting your head down and doing the work, right? Because we can talk about it all day long, but um, unless we're actually putting things into play, um, it really doesn't mean much. So I I just know for myself, I love having those days. And a lot of the times uh, when I do have those days, it's because I did take those moments in the morning to do a prayer, do a clearing, and um, also just like ask Jesus, please, please guide me, please show me. And so I did that uh, little meditation and I, you know, asked Jesus, please guide my day. Please guide my day. And um, what that resulted in (laughs) was me finding a fucking dog. 
Um, I was leaving for work and I live in a really, really tiny little town. It's practically like, I don't know, like a village almost. That's what it feels like to me anyways. Um, and I was driving down the road and I see this little puppy sitting outside, um, like an abandoned building crying. And I mean, you know, people, dogs, you know, run off all the time. I saw she had a collar. So I literally like, I pulled over and, and just thought like, oh shoot, like someone's dog went missing. I'll grab her, see, you know, call the owner, whatever. Because our, like my mom's dog, Elvis, like he gets out and uh, he'll take a little stroll around the town. And we always really appreciate it when people call us and let us know, you know, hey, you know, Elvis is over here trying to party. And so I just, honestly wanted to like return the favor. Um, and so I pull over, get out of my truck. This little puppy is so scared. She's crying. She like instantly goes and hides underneath the steps of the abandoned building and is like kind of crying and howling and like won't come out. And I'm just like, oh man, you know, I got to get to work, but this dog's not coming out. And, and then suddenly a woman, um, comes out of the bank and, you know, starts to help me. And as soon as she comes out, the dog freaking like gets out of the stairs and goes to her. I was like, oh shit. Okay. So that was really helpful. And I was like, yeah, I'll just like, she's got a collar on. I'm sure she belongs to someone. I'll take her back to my house, put her in our dog, dog pen and post some photos on Facebook. So that's what I did. I put her in our little dog pen, um, gave her some food and water and, just, you know, left for the day to, to go to work. And, um, I had a friend post her photos on Facebook. She has more of a following and like local presence. I don't really have many people on, on the old Facebook. Uh, so she posted that we had found her and some information about her and we just kind of left it at that. So the sad reality is, is, um, I believe, we believe that, um, someone did reach out and said they knew who the dog was. That's how I know her name is Nova, um, and her age. And she said we had, you know, given this dog away to a family or to some people in some like neighboring town. They aren't from where I live. They, they're like from a different state. And, um, she's like, yeah, we literally just like, donated her gave her away to this like other family and they seem pretty excited about her and so she's like I called the owners and they blocked my number so I, I don't know if any of this is true or the you know validity of it all but the sad reality is is that a lot of people dump dogs and it's so freaking sad it's like so sad and so it's like you have this precious little angel who just wants love, just wants consistency, just wants like a stick and some kibble and some water and like they're happier than anything. And, you know, people can't handle that. And they make these commitments where they take on a dog because they think it's fun or they think it'd be a cool idea. And then, I don't know they just don't put in the work and they think it's easier to drop it off in the middle of town and not claim ownership and walk away from it. I personally, I don't know how the hell you could drop off a puppy or any animal. I don't care what age. 
drop off an animal and drive away from it, just leaving it in the street. Like I, I could not fathom ever doing that. Um, so that's where we're at. And it's just like a rude awakening of how people are in society. And it's super fucking sad. It's just like, it, it's just sad. Cause like, the thing is, is that it's a total lack of accountability. Like you made a choice, you made a commitment to take on this dog. Now you're overwhelmed. So the best option you can think of is to just drop it off in the middle of a small town. That's insane. That's completely insane. I mean, like, and a lot of people don't even take it into town. Like they'll take it on a dirt road and just hope it finds a farm somewhere. You know, like it, this fucking happens all the time. Um, so it's just sad and it's a complete lack of accountability. It's a complete lack of um, morals and ethics. And, you know, people say they love animals, but if you've ever done that, I'm sorry, man, you don't. You don't, and you got some shit that you need to look at because um, it's pretty fucked up. So I, I just think, you know, there's always lessons in all of this, and she's obviously here to give me a message. She's obviously a gift um, in some capacity. I don't know what yet. <laughs> a gift of friendship? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but you know, she'll, she'll find a good home. It'll be okay. It's not that big of a deal. So if you do hear her, um, that's just Nova. Um, but anyways, so that was quite the experience. Uh, yeah, she asks Jesus, please leave my day. And that leads her to a dog. So isn't that funny? You know, it's like, you have an idea when you ask, please lead the way of like, what kind of um, gifts and blessings could be bestowed upon you and you don't expect it to result in this I'm sure so I don't know she's definitely kickstarting up a lot of stuff I haven't even had her I guess I've had her for like 24 hours now and she's already kickstarting stuff within me of like getting my own ass in gear stuff that I want to you know do and achieve and whatever else and just having like this added responsibility even if it's just for a short amount of time you know taking care of her it just it feels like she's already kind of stirring some stuff up so I mean that's good and I just got to take you know put one foot in front of the other and take different action steps and see where we land at the end of all of this but um yeah that's kind of you know what I wanted to talk to you guys about this week um, is the, the notion of when you feel panic, step back and just take a beat, you know? Like when you start to feel panic arise, which is fear, um, just take a breath, take a step back and just take a beat. Just know that like nothing needs to get achieved in that moment. Nothing needs to be done. No decision needs to be made if you are in that frequency of panic. And that's really, really resonated uh, with me and has been a really amazing, um, I, I guess, like skill or kind of rule of thumb that I've I've really benefited from in the last couple of years uh, because personally, I would make all the decisions when panicked. I would, I would make a hundred decisions when feeling panicked. Back in the day, oh my gosh, yeah. 
because I'm a I'm an action taker. I'm a doer. I'm a problem solver. I like, you know, these are all labels you put on yourself. Like I'm all of these things and none of these things. You know, we all know that. But at the end of the day, like I, I would identify as that. Right. And so that would be my default. Um, I'm definitely not someone who like freezes with uh, panic. I'm not a procrastinator and I definitely don't freeze up. I, it's almost like I go the opposite and I like overcompensate and I overdo and I like take the most action and like all of the things, right? And I know there's a lot of you out there who can identify that, uh, with that, you know, like, and I know there's some of you who knows you know, you might kind of miss some opportunities because you don't take action. Like there's all on either side of the spectrum and everything in between. So I definitely um, kind of like giving myself that permission to just take a step back and take a beat when I feel kind of that little, it's like the, it's like almost like not butterflies in your stomach because like we associate butterflies in our stomach with like something good. Um, but it's like that anxiousness, that kind of uneasy, an uneasiness that you feel in your stomach and in your chest. And that's, that's because you feel scared. You don't feel secure. And um, you, that fight or flight is kind of cu- kicking in. And I, th- I believe that's what it is. I mean, fuck, man. Like, I'm not a psychologist, but that's what I feel like it is. And I, I, when I feel that, um, my initial reaction is to do something, to make a choice, to make something happen, to like, you know, to just make it right. And that's not always the case. Sometimes the best thing you can do, well, honestly, the best thing you can do when you're in that state is to take a step back, do something completely away from that decision, you know, whether it's just like go outside, do some breath work, um, like do a workout, um, maybe write, paint, um, go work on something outside, you know, like garden, work on your vehicle, like do, you know, whatever it is that like can kind of keep your mind busy and um, your hands like preoccupied. Maybe that's like something that you need to, to look at doing um, versus obsessing over whatever problem that you have or I guess perceived problem you have at hand and it just can give you the time and energy to shift into a calmer state you know turn off the phone turn off or put it on do not disturb you don't need to answer that email you don't need to answer that phone call and I mean this can happen a lot too with like clients and I get it like sometimes there's like spring into action moments especially when you do work with clients and if you're like in a service-based um sort of situation but even in those moments where like time is of the essence you can still take five minutes to shift the energy and ground yourself and take some deep breaths and you know say a prayer or just you know do something to get yourself out of any kind of fear energy and into you know more of that level-headed okay objective view problem solving energy right and so like for me and say with like this this dog situation you know like i instantly felt you know panic of like oh my gosh we need to find her a home we need to find her owners we need to you know i can't have this dog what do i do what's the moral thing to do what's the um 
like highest integrity thing to do. Like um, I need to get all these ducks in a row, like all these things, right? Like I was, I instantly like have panic of like where I need to be right now. And that can especially come into play when you start like setting these like time limits on yourself um, of where you should be in your life. So um, like for me right now, I li currently live with my parents. I moved, when I moved to the States, I uh, sold my place, you know, started from scratch, started, you know, clean slate. And now here I've been in the States and I've been figuring out my next move of like, where do I want to live? So obviously like having a dog is like a big thing to bring into someone else's house. Right. And so it's like, this dog has now sprung me into action of like, okay, what do I need to do? What are my next steps? I need to get stuff done. And it feels kind of like panicky, you know, cause there's like all these like compiling responsibilities and, um, moves that like need to be made in order to make that happen on top of building a business, building a brand, generating sales, like, you know, so it's just like, oh my God. And all of that can feel, you can like hear it in my voice and like the tone of it, like it can feel like a lot, but at the end of the day, it's all possible. It's all doable. I just need to take a step back, look at what are the priorities? What are the action steps that I need to take? to actually make something move forward versus just talking about it. And so that's kind of what I've been trying, what I've been mindful of today anyways, of just it, knowing that if I keep on taking action and um, have my priorities set out for the month and, you know, move, striving towards them, the universe is going to do its part and show up with everything that I need in order to achieve those goals in, in, in whatever time that may be, right? And that's something that I really um, enjoyed. Like Liana had posted, I believe it was on her Instagram, she had posted some um, things on the 12D Business School, which is a um, entrepreneur, a spiritual entrepreneurship school that she's created and that I'm enrolled in. And it's been like such an amazing program. Like if you are an entrepreneur, highly, highly recommend uh, considering that that course because it's so valuable. Um, anyways, she was posting about basically like not putting time restrictions on yourself and not putting these in these uh, self-imposed like timestamps on your life, on your career, on your business that like you know, you can actually restrict yourself. Like a lot can happen in a short amount of time. And sometimes, you know, it's going to take longer than you thought. And if you just stay focused on tasks at hand that build and expand you and expand your business, that is so much more productive than putting these, you know, self-imposed time limits on yourself of like, okay, well by this year I need to have X or, um, I'm of this age. And so I should be at this stage in my life. Like, okay, sure. But like, that's not pushing you forward. It's just like kind of a way to like beat yourself down or add stress to yourself because 
you know, maybe the company isn't growing as fast as you wanted it to, or maybe generating those sales is a lot fucking harder than you initially anticipated. And you're wondering why it's just not like flowing effortlessly right away. Um, you know, there's a saying that I really love where it's like, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And I think that's really true to, for like a lot of artists who consistently put out new things every single day or every single week or whatever it is for years, for years. And then all of a sudden they blow up and everybody's like, oh my gosh, they came out of nowhere. They're an overnight success. When in reality is they've been busting their ass and being consistent in their craft for 10 years. And no one sees that. No one talks about that. No one like no one, you know, acknowledges that. It's almost just like, you know, they did this marketing campaign and then they're generating, you know, $30 million in sales or something like that. You know, they had an idea and they flipped it into a billion dollar company. And it's just like, okay, yeah, but like, what about all the in-between? What about all that? So it's just, it's really great to obviously have goals for yourself and have an idea of where you want to be, you know, like that vision, you have that vision, that grandness and you have that direction, but don't worry about the timeline. Don't worry about what age you're going to be. Don't worry about, you know, like that kind of shit that we just like impose on ourselves. And I feel like that is so like heavy on you when you're in your early 20s. Um, I don't know, it, like maybe it's not for like this younger generation, I'm not sure, but I know if you were born in like the 80s slash 90s, I feel like you really felt that um, because that was still of like the generation where our parents, you know, found the either the job, the corporation, the business, and they like, stuck it out and they were there for the last, you know, 30 years, 40 years, whatever it is. Um, and they were in the same house and in the same town and their friends all did the same thing. And so then we grew up in a generation where it was like, okay, you, um, go to high school, you, you're a kid, you do all the things. And then out of high school, there's an expectation where either you enroll in some sort of post-secondary education, whether it's a university, a college or a trade school, or you go off and you work some sort of trade, whether it's like working in the oil patch, or if it's, um, construction, if it's, uh, you know, some sort of trades, right? Working with your hands. Um, at least that was how it was in the area that like I grew up or you go farm. That was another big one. Yeah. You go farming. So it's like you have kind of like these paths where you have, you have the expectation of like figuring out your career that's going to bring you financial stability right at 18. So it's like you either find the trade, find the job that is going to provide you with the financial stability or you enroll in the post-secondary education that will eventually bring you the financial security. Okay, yeah, that's all right, fine and dandy, whatever. I'm not knocking any of those things. Like, it's great to to go and expand and, and do that. But there was like, at least from what I felt, was like 
there was such like this expectation to know exactly what you were going to be doing for the next 30 years by like 22. And I remember being, um, being kind of in a panic to have that figured out because I literally did not know. Like I, I did not know. I had no idea. I like had interests. Um, I was okay at school. I worked hard. And so that always like got me passing grades and stuff, but I had to like, the caveat was I had to work hard. I was not a procrastinator. I had to put an effort. I wasn't like a naturally smart, quote unquote, smart kid. And so, um, I always needed to put in the work and I was fine with doing that, but that didn't mean I knew exactly none of these, like, I don't know, kind of traditional career paths really like lit me up. So I didn't know what to do. Um, and so I just like, I had this, like, it was like this heaviness. And like, when you have that panic and that heaviness, it can really cloud your judgment instead of just being like free and realizing like, it's going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. You, if you have the drive and motivation, like you can trust yourself. You're not going to be Debbie. Cause that's like what is like so drilled into us when we're young. It's like, well, you don't want to be a loser. You don't want to be working this sort of job for the rest of your life. Um, you, you know, could go, you don't want to be working at McDonald's forever. Like everyone always says that. And it's kind of funny because if you look, I like would never work for a McDonald's on a like moral level. But like, if you look at like McDonald's, like starting wages and benefits, like it's like not that bad of a place to work. So it could be a lot worse. Um, but they, uh, they always like drill in these false stories into your mind that like you, a fear. Um, and so then that fear causes you to make these irrational decisions. And sometimes that's like jumping into like university and getting into a bunch of student debt and coming away with like no education that was like a value to you. Um, or it's like getting into some sort of like, the loop of like some sort of job. Like I know in Canada, like a lot of young guys go and work on the oil field and like they just get kind of stuck because it's great money. They make, it's a lot of money for an 18 year old to be making. You know, a lot of the times those guys are coming away with like high six figures and they're like 20 years old, like, but they never like push themselves or they never get out of it or they never actually pursue any of their own dreams because like, they just kind of get into this endless cycle because they've now got that financial security. Um, but now they're too scared to like make a leap and go into a different direction, right? You, it's like the, it's kind of like the same thing. So, because they've been pressured to, you know, lock that in, lock that down. And it all comes from, you know, our parents' fear of like, us not wanting, not being, you know, a burden on the society or their own fear that like they didn't do a good enough job parenting us or initiating us or empowering us to like go out in the world and like be able to provide for ourselves. You know, it's like, it's like they almost don't trust like their own job um, or like their own work of what they did uh, as a parent. And so it, their fears then get like projected onto you. Um, so like, I know back in the day, like it was always uh, there. Definitely. I was told, you know, you should find a good government job. Yeah. No. 
how the how the times have changed um but it was like that was like the best pension and that was the most security and like you're going to be set up for life if you get a good government job and I was just like holy and from a very young age I was just like holy fuck like I'm not living for the weekend are you insane like this is so boring so I just like it was like an internal struggle of like kind of going back and forth of like not falling into not not doing anything you know pursuing school trying to find you know that path um career wise and everything like that but then also like not like falling victim into like just a lifeless career right so it, it's just interesting and I feel like it almost keeps people back until they realize that this is just, it's all just bullshit, you know? Because, like, I always could see it as, like, a mental checklist of what was expected of um, a young person to check off. And, and then you would, you know, receive praise or validation or whatever. And the checklist was graduate high school, maybe work for a year, enroll in a post-secondary education, work while you're in the post-secondary education, get a degree, get a, or a college diploma, whatever, find a job, work your way up in that job, get into a nice relationship, buy a house, get married, have kids, and now you've reached, you know, the end of the yellow brick road, right? And I was like, but what's after that? Like, we don't talk about what's after that. Okay, we, I did all that. I did X, Y, Z, Z, whatever. Like, now what? Now what are we doing? And no one talks about that. And when I would look around, I would, like, look at people who reached that quote-unquote, like, quote-unquote finish line, and I was like, okay, well, you're unhealthy. Your wife hates you. You drink too much. Um... <laughs> You don't have, you don't, can't carry a conversation because you don't have any kind of like expansive thinking. Um, you're in a pile of debt. Like I just saw all these things where I was just like, nope, 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 nope. Like don't want that. And so it's like, what? What are we doing here? Like I just, I, what are we doing here? I don't, I don't get it. This is a fucking farce. And so like, I would just like push back on that and like you know I bumped uh, in and out of school and I would like I remember when I first enrolled in my uh, first stint of post-secondary education I actually moved across the country um, to the east coast moved to a very cute little town um, in Nova Scotia and which was a great experience because like I got to see the ocean I got to live a totally different like culture lifestyle like it was super cool and I roll, enrolled in a program of human services. So that would be, uh, first year was like the human services. And then the second year you could generalize into uh, more of, you know, whatever you'd want to work. So that could be like a correctionals officer. That could be an addictions counselor. That could be a group home worker, social worker, like any, whatever. Anything to do with um, working with people. And so I was like, holy crap, like, okay, so then in two years, now I have my career for the rest of my life? Like, I don't think so. I don't, 
no, I don't want that. I don't want to know what the fucking end, like the finish line looks like already. Like I just, I got scared. And so I did the first year of school, learned a lot, learned a lot about myself. It was actually really um, interesting because the first year they really focused on self-development because they said like, you need to be good before you can even think about helping someone else. And I thought that was really progressive. I thought that was really mindful. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't like textbook, um, heavy. It was, you know, the classes were taught by people from the field and they knew the burnout rate was super high. And they know that a lot of people, um, come into this industry with their own shit. Cause they said, you know, a lot of the times hurt people, um, really like to try to help other people. You know, if they've been hurt really badly in their own lives, you know, sometimes they, they like to end up going into these fields where they can try to make a difference for someone else because, you know, no one was there for them in their life. And I think that it's very true. And if those people can do a lot of self-work and self-reflection, uh, those people can become an amazing asset in that field. So I really like, it. I call it, I kind of called it like my year of therapy because I was like, 18, 19. And I was like pondering like these, they were making us like ponder these questions and write these essays on like just really deep to topics of like pulling back the layers of like who we were and like making us like cut the bullshit of like what we identified with. And I was like, it was mind blowing. It was really, really, really intense because just you're at that age at least for me I was kind of like a superficial teenager like I didn't know what the hell was going on and this like really got me to like pull back some layers so definitely grateful for that that was an amazing experience and very unique I think to a lot of other people's experiences so I guess that was almost like my kind of introduction to healing where it doesn't really matter what your upbringing was it could be perfect you know, in a sense, quote unquote, perfect, you know, both your parents are together, you have your siblings, you live middle class, upper class, whatever, like there's still shit that you need to look at because, um, we all have it, you know, like society puts it on you, you're programmed in school, religious programming, your parents have their own stuff going on, you know, they're, they're just doing what they know best and how to do, like, so even, you don't have to have like a garbage dumpster fire of a childhood to not still have things that you need to look at. And that was like, that was my, my experience where I still had a lot of things to, to look at and work through because just being human on this planet in this day and age, like you're going to have baggage, like you just are. So I really thought that was interesting, but what it made me realize was like, oh my God, like I don't want to work in this field. Like, I'm not ready for that. Like, that's not my path. I don't want to do that. I want to help people, but like not in this kind of capacity. And what is helping even mean? You know, like I was like pondering all these things. So I basically like backtracked out of that and decided, okay, I need more of a generalized approach. So AKA, you know, hence I fall, I enroll into university and, you know, I moved back across the country and I go back to my home province and I enroll in university and I start doing generals. It feels a little bit more basic, a little bit more safe. You know, I was deciding, okay, I want to help people in the health space. Like I've always, um, I was brought up with natural health. I, you know, 
we weren't vaccinated when we were little, like we had like childhood shots. And then my mom started getting more educated with herself, realizing that was not a path she wanted to take her family on. And so made the conscious choice of not to do any further vaccinations uh, for us kids. And so I was always very mindful of that. We always used uh, alternative medicine. We always used um, herbs and natural medicine. Like I think uh, in my life, you know, I'd been on antibiotics maybe three times. Um, definitely I was on antibiotics like twice, um, from 18 and under. So I just like was, we were just very much in that space of nutrition and natural health. And so I, um, was like, okay, perfect. I'll go into nutrition. And so in university, you know, you're kind of enrolled in what they call like pre-med. It's all the same generals, right? Pre-med just, I think, has like a little bit of an ego thing because it sounds so cool. But really, it's just fucking sciences, man, <laughs> like science and math. And so I was enrolled in that, dying, like, oh, my God. I like would spend hours studying just a pull off like a real shitty low like c minus and i would just cry because i was just like holy fuck like i'm trying so hard and yet like this is so fucking hard and i'm not like getting the grades that i wanted um and i'm like you know seeing people around me putting in the same amount of effort but like getting a's getting high b's and i was just like this fucking sucks it just sucks for like my my ego this sucks for you know my confidence like this just sucks because like I know I can help people I know um, I love nutrition but like these bullshit you know precursor classes are just really really hard for me and so then that was kind of made me face like the another phase of panic of like what do I do did I make a mistake and I realized you know this might not be the actual right path for me because in the once you um, did your pre pre med pre nutrition or whatever kind of get like that it's like two years worth of schooling then you can enroll in the school of nutrition. Well, in the province that I lived in, the university um, that I was planning on applying to, the school of nutrition was also part of the school of pharmaceuticals. Hmm. So <laughs> I remember having a conversation with my mom and her saying like, honey, like, are you sure this is going to be in alignment with your values? Like going to the school of nutrition and pharmaceuticals might be really hard for you on a moral level because there's going to be a lot of information coming from that program that goes against your your values and what you know and like the research and science that you know like and so I knew she was right I was already getting like a sign from the universe of like this isn't right like this struggle like the struggle being in the school was already kind of pointing me in the direction like this isn't right um like if I just it was kind of like you can't you can't force this. Like I know I was work. Like I knew I was working hard. I knew I was dedicating time. It's not like I was blowing off class and not studying and not putting in the effort and then wondering why I was getting bad grades. You know, it's like I was doing all the things and still getting bad grades. So I just was like, okay, let me take a step back. And that's when I found the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. 
And I know I talked about that school in the last podcast. Um, and that's where I decided to enroll in that school. And it just was totally like, I knew even if I didn't become a like holistic nutritionist or a health coach, I knew that this, this information that I was going to get from the school was going to benefit me for the rest of my life. Like I already had kind of a surface level knowledge from my upbringing, but this gave me more of an in-depth knowledge, more of a science-based knowledge. And I just knew like, honestly, if I never even get a client, I will, this, this knowledge will serve me well for my family, for my personal life, for my future family. Like I just, that felt like such a good investment because it was almost like, yes, I could turn this into a career or I, this is just like life knowledge. And for some reason, like that felt expansive to me. That felt like it made more sense than getting a general arts degree or science degree, right? I just, that's how my brain has always kind of worked where it was like, what's the greater good? What's the greater purpose of this? You know, how else can I, I use this? So I definitely, um, as you can see, have had to pivot quite a few times in a short amount of time because like this is all happening from the time I'm like 18 to 21 right so I've already pivoted three times and again all while fighting that that like social pressure of needing to figure this out and so maybe that's kind of why I did pivot so many times uh, in such a short amount of time is because I was panicking and so and what do I do when I panic? I take action. I make choices. And so I was always constantly like redirecting my life to try to just like nudge. And in the universe, that's how the universe works, right? Like it nudges you closer and closer and closer into um, your aligned line pa or life path, right? So I ended up enrolling into that school, did the diploma program. Great, good knowledge, you know, great school, whatever. It was fine. Um, there's definitely like probably better programs out there now. Actually, Leanna has a, um, uh, a school, nutrition school, health Mas mastery institution. It's the first like plant-based, um, health coaching school. I personally, I haven't taken it, um, but I have a lot of friends who are in the program or have graduated from the program. And it's like one of the most in-depth science-based, uh, nutrition program out there that really covers your the fundamentals of nutrition from a science-based background um, but with a taking like more of a plant-based approach right so that school it would have been something I would have enrolled in had it been around when I was looking to do that so um, I graduated and I ventured out into the world with my holistic nutritionist uh, diploma and by that point I was like okay what am I going to do and by this point I was already kind of dabbling into more of my spirituality more of that kind of like you know figuring life out but also knowing that there's like a bigger purpose here for me for all of us that is um, more, I guess, like expansive than we could ever know. And I ended up, honestly, waitressing. I know, like, you kind of think like, 
that's not what you expect for your life after you go through so many years of schooling and then you finally come away with like a diploma and then you end up waitressing it's like again I had to like fight that judgment that judgment of like oh my god like no like there's no corporate job waiting for me um what am I doing here you know and so with the caveat the waitressing job I did get was at a gluten-free organic restaurant that had a lot of vegan and plant-based options and the general manager of the um restaurant hired me on as an assistant manager and she was a health coach as well so we definitely got we did some health coaching through the restaurant because we had access to a lot of people who would be looking for those services so from that angle you know I thought it was a smart um, career move I thought it would be the best place to kind of you know pay the bills and generate some income while also being in an atmosphere that was supportive of you know my lifestyle and you kind of pave a a pathway towards people who could really benefit from my services so that's what I tried out for about a year um was working in that industry and it was great it like honestly like I met some really really cool people some people I'm still friends to this day um I learned a lot I got exposed to a lot of like new agey spiritual stuff which I think was amazing for me to see what I did not want in my life Um, I definitely got firsthand like front row seats to kind of see a lot of um, very like quote unquote spiritual people who just like were kind of like me where they're like god this like working these jobs suck but you know we need them to like pay the bills and so but they weren't like really like manifesting anything great in their life right like on a career front it was either like like I talked in the last episode, it was either like career and security, financial security, or, you know, head up in the clouds, kind of living paycheck to paycheck, living more modestly. Um, That's kind of like, those were the two avenues being presented. And I just like, it was just, I guess God probably put me in that position or put me in that, um, that kind of life or whatever that, area so that I could have that aha moment that like I did not want that new agey living you know I did not want that paycheck to paycheck I did not want to work for someone else um in a restaurant and get burnt out and because at the end of the day it's a restaurant you can be as light-filled lovey-dovey whatever that you think you are um but you know if you're like serving alcohol and you're um you know just solely focused on the nightlife sort of thing but still trying to be like gluten-free and organic and stuff like that like shit still like hits the fan and it's it's not it just wasn't like I wasn't making a career to be in the hospitality industry you know like that was on my path that's some people's path and that's great that was not my path so um I just knew I needed to step away and realize like, okay, I want something more um, expansive on the career front. What's one way to expand my career options? Get a degree. That can open up a lot of 
lot more doors. Um, at least that's what I felt. And in the area I was living in, kind of true. So again, I still was not ready to start my own business. Um, obviously that had, I kind of thought maybe the health coaching would be like my own business, but it just, it never felt right. Um, and so I, again, was like, okay, here we go again, time to pivot. And what do I do? Okay. I panicked. I was feeling panic. I was feeling a time crunch. Cause by this point I'm now like 23, just turned 24 and she's feeling like she's on a time limit. Like she's getting old, right? She's, she's getting old. She needs to find the man, the husband, the career, the house. Like, what is she doing? You know, like so funny. Um, and so I panicked and I made a bunch of fucking choices that were stupid, not stupid, but like just kind of like were not necessary. And so what did I do? I like moved to Idaho. I worked for my dad for a bit, realized didn't want to do that. Like had started a visa, applied for a school here in the States, realized didn't want to go to school here in the States. Came back to Canada, like, you know, oh my gosh, jumped into a relationship, full-blown relationship with an ex, um, like high school first love, jumped into that relationship, moved in with him, and then enrolled in school. And that's what I did. So literally I made like five different choices within a span of like six months and then finally, you know, settled on going to school and jumping in this long-term relationship. So that was crazy. And um, I think actually, because, you know, people in my life were like, oh my gosh, what is she doing now? Because um, I was like back and forth from the countries, enrolling different schools, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden I like jump back into this relationship with an ex from high school and um, or not high school, but you know, like kind of high school love. We dated when we were like 18, 19, 20 sort of thing. Um, and jump back into that relationship. And then him and I took off for Asia for a month. It was just like crazy. Right. So I took off um, to Asia, traveled for a month, let it all kind of cool down, realized, you know, I wanted to be in this relationship and this partnership and because it felt super safe, it felt super grounded. Why? Because he checked off a lot of the boxes of those social pressures. You know, he had his own house, he had his career, he made good money. Um, he was, you know, he loved me, quote unquote, um, and, was willing to provide for me and that felt so secure so safe because I had just been running wild for the last handful of years trying to figure out what I needed to do and then just like letting that panic fuel a lot of those decisions and let, let me tell you hindsight's always 2020. And if I could go back, if I could have a conversation with that younger version of myself, I would absolutely tell her that she's already safe, that whatever decision she makes is going to be the best decision for her. doesn't matter what other people think. And I'd also tell her, you know, take a beat, 
take a week, take a month before just doing anything. You, you can quiet that, that inner angst by just not giving into it and letting yourself kind of get clear headed. And then finally, I, the caveat being, I would look and turn to Jesus and I would find a groundedness in his energy. And I feel like if I had that back then, I would have uh, avoided a lot of these other little obstacles that I basically prevent, presented for myself of um, jumping around. And I probably would have found a way to basically find my life path or find that business I want to start um, a lot sooner. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there, right? Like, I didn't know anything about healing, um, like these insecurities. I didn't know that's what I was seeking. I didn't know um, that I could provide all those sense of securities, like that feeling of security within myself. And I didn't, and I didn't know about Jesus, not the true Jesus. I didn't even know that that kind of groundedness existed. Um, I was constantly looking at for it outside of myself and I was constantly looking for it in a partner. Um, a lot of it, a lot of the times that's where I was looking for it. I was either looking for the sense of security in a form of education and, uh, or within a partner. And so, cause for some reason I had, um, you know, realized or made up a story in my head that like those things were were good were secure were going to kind of give me whatever it is that I was seeking so um I jumped into that well we both did jumped into that relationship and I enrolled in the university um in that area and to the school of business and by that point, that university had um, started a new program. It was a business, a business degree with a minor in entrepreneurship. And um, I thought that was going to be perfect because I knew I loved business and I knew um, I eventually would want to be a entrepreneur. I always, I always knew that. I just didn't know what, what it was, like what industry I would want to be in. And so I went to started school and I was a little bit older, right? So new maturity, new confidence, um, definitely going into that. So, which is great. Um, I had very much like a, a focus because I had already gone to three different, you know, bodies of school. And so I was like, okay, I am finishing this. Like I've got it right this time. Right. And I did like I really enjoyed that program like I really enjoyed it um, and I did well and it was like the right amount of effort and the right amount of energy being put in to get like good grades you know whether it's like the high 80s 90s whatever like I felt so rewarded in that program and it's like things just clicked and so I knew that was all like signs because it was ease like there was just a sense of ease and um, and it just really sparked my interest. Like I just really, really liked it and felt, and again, kind of similar with the, uh, natural nutrition. 
I knew that this degree, this business degree would open up doors to the corporate world that I could get a job. Um, but the entrepreneurship side of it was also felt very expansive because then I could take that and start my own business. So it was, it felt, it just didn't feel super like narrow. Um, and that's what I felt with like the, the nutrition as well, right? Uh, I could either turn it into a career or I could take it and apply it to my own family. So I definitely, um, started to feel like a sense of calmness once I got into that rhythm and ventured into to that path. And just like finding that, um, that I guess, path helped me start to form some security within my, my own little world. Even though it was, you know, not going to be aligned forever, obviously, um, it helped me get to a place where I felt calm and secure, where I could then make my next um, career moves from a sense of feeling safe. And whether or not that sense of safety was right or not, that's not the point that I'm trying to make here, right? Like, obviously, we need to find safety and security within ourselves. And especially for women, it's so important for us to, you know, feel like we have that within ourselves, whether it's like, you know, financially, career, within our home, like we need to have that, that, that sense within ourselves. We cannot depend on a partner to provide that for ourselves. Um, I, I had formed, you know, that sense of security because my partner was providing that for me and I was super grateful for him for, for doing that, um, that I was able to then make, you know, some decisions from more of a calm place. And that's when I started to try to work that into my way of being, um, from then on out. And I found life and, you know, different steps along the way, definitely worked out much better when I, when I took the time to not push stuff through. Um, but that I, you know, actively showed up, was an active participant in my life, but didn't cling to the outcomes or didn't cling, um, and like go into a panic if something didn't work out. I knew there was going to be another, you know, something even better show up. Right. And that was super valuable. And again, honestly, like that's a huge, like long-winded story of kind of showing you like the ways of which panic can really dictate a person's life and cause them to make all these like crazy decisions where they end up, I ended up like, I probably pivoted five times to like one person's like one pivot, right? Um, and that's okay. Like that is okay. I going forward, you know, this version of myself as Leia, like she is going to make more mindful, methodical, intentional moves, um, going forward because I've, I've been the other way. Like I've swung hard the other way where I've made a bunch of choices all at once. And so I just think like, if you kind of, if you're in a position right now where change is happening in your life or you would like change to happen or, you know, whether maybe you just enrolled in school and you're like worried that, you know, you're a older student and 
what does this look like? Oh, you have like such a sense of urgency to get this done, to get the career done. You know, just take a beat, take a step back. Don't worry. You don't have to have it all done right this second. You know, you're in the exact right place at the exact right time. All you need to focus on is taking the action steps to further expand yourself and see what's presented to you. Something even better might show up and maybe you go down that path or maybe, you know, the, whatever it is, like the schooling, the education, the career opportunity might present itself, you know, to be finished or present itself a lot quicker than you could have ever anticipated, right? Like we don't know what's in store for us. And I think if we are constantly in kind of like a guest mode, we, it really takes us out of being present in the moment and enjoying, you know, the day-to-day things. Because I know for myself, um, I've wasted, I've spent a lot of time like chit-chatting with friends and not actually doing anything of like taking tangible acts, um, action. And I've also found myself daydreaming so much about like all of the future things of what I'll have and what I want. And I find it's really taken me out of in joy, like feeling joy and contentness right in this moment right now. And I think that's like a lot of people, you know, it's like we daydream a bunch about the future and then we numb out on the phone or watching TV. And then we daydream about the future and are miserable why we don't have all these things. And then we go and we numb out on the phone versus just take some time, think about that future, know, yep, that's happening, I'm going to have that, it's gonna be awesome, all right, what can I do right now to help me get closer to that? You know, what kind of book can I read? What kind of podcast can I listen to? Um, What sort of project can I take on at work? Or um, what can I do within my business? What phone call, connection, you know, contact, trade show, uh, expo, um, seminar, can I participate in to get me closer to that dream? And, and then we start, you know, doing the work to get closer to that. And, um, like I said, if you start to feel that sense of panic kind of rise up in your chest, just know, and this is something that Leanna had said that I fully feel like is spot on is that, God will always give you enough time to make the choice that is best for you. So even if you are under a time crunch, even if you feel some sort of time pressure or you feel that panic, just know God always, always gives you the perfect amount of time to execute on a decision that is perfect for you. And oh, look at that. We are at an hour. So with that, I will wrap up this lovely podcast. Um, Thank you so much for you guys for joining me for another uh, weekly episode. I'm so proud of Nova for sleeping throughout this entire thing. She was such a little angel. Um, And you know what? I totally appreciate you guys um, giving us, you know, giving me some reviews 
um, giving us five stars, leaving comments. You know, every time you guys message me, I freaking love it. I'm so appreciative of it. It's like, like I say, it's like I'm chatting with, you know, my best friend just for an hour each week and I love it and it's fun. And I, I hope you guys got some, you know, entertainment value out of this and kind of got to see the ups and downs and whirlwind of my early 20s and i mean there's so many more funny stories in between all those things but um yeah i hope you guys have an amazing week and a great weekend and don't forget to like and subscribe rate and review i will talk to you guys all next week